Hello, That Fucking Podcast, and welcome back. I'm your host, That Fucking Guy, LJ Sullivan. This is episode 11. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm recording this as of October 26th, 2020. Halloween and uh, election night is upon us, you know, the, those are the big things that are coming up. Uh, last episode, we got to talk to my mom, that was pretty cool. Um, it also took forever to put that episode together, so I'm sorry about that. This is me trying to get back into the habit of recording and putting things out more regularly. Now that I got the whole guest thing figured out, I think things are going to start looking a whole lot smoother now. Because I know I, I've figured out how to do this, the me, the solo, and I've figured out what guests are kind of what that's all about and that vibe. And so now, now there's almost no hurdles. Now we just got to work on getting on all the platforms. This bitch still isn't on YouTube. It's, you know, for so long I was so adamant on the podcast being on YouTube, and now it's been out for, like, probably, like, six months. We probably got six months in and, like, 11 episodes. This is the 11th episode. Uh, still not on YouTube. <laughs> uh, had Have a video on my YouTube, um, uh, on my, like, uh, watch list, like, things that I want to watch that I've been meaning to watch. It's been in that playlist for months and it's how to get on stitcher um just uh so yeah the quick podcast updates for everybody in terms of what's going on with that um but yeah man let's do uh let's see here the in my notes the first thing that i have marked down is let's go over entertainment news you know it's been a minute since I've recorded anything, so entertainment news is a lot has happened, a lot is going on. I think the last thing we talked about was me maybe trying to connect the dots on the future of the MCU. Was that was that the last thing? I don't know. I don't fucking remember. Let's just do the shit. Uh, so, mm, WandaVision, speaking of MCU, um, <clears throat> the first Disney Plus show of uh, the new era of the MCU is supposed to be WandaVision, and um, it's looking like we're going to get that before the end of the year. Hold on. This is my first day off. Uh, well, no, that's not true, but I had a very busy week last week, so this morning I'm just hanging out, we're smoking weed, we're drinking coffee, and we're recording the podcast. So, yeah, WandaVision is coming out. Disney Plus before the end of the year, supposedly. I wouldn't be surprised if those bitch asses just dropped it like the morning of New Year's. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the day of New Year's Eve, like the last day of the year. They're like, all right, here you go. We did what we said we'd do. Like, oh, with a few hours to spare, you dumb fucks. I'm sorry. The whole Marvel fandom's very... Listen, we're addicts. We are fucking addicts. And after the most insane, sweetest, pure shit we've ever gotten in game, after, ooh, and then we got to come down with Spider-Man a little bit to ease off. Like it was... 
it was just the perfect conglomeration of fucking shit for us Marvel addicts. And then it just, the, the faucet just turned off cold turkey, man. It's just gone now, the pandemic, and then there's no Black Widow, there's nothing, man. So everyone is really looking forward to WandaVision. Um, it's gonna be off the chain um and they're definitely setting up like we got um more much more to talk about in this whole thing um they're definitely setting up like multiverse shit in this next phase like this next phase is laying major groundwork for multiverse shenanigans um and a lot of people because of like because we can sort of see that framework from the outside looking in but a lot of people in their theory crafting and their speculating and their rumors um are moving way too fast i think people forgot what the mcu is all about and how it moves like slowly builds um and i think this first phase four is going to be definitely kicking the door open to the multiverse but then like the stories where we get to live in this, like, uh, main sort of, like, timeline where multiverse lines have been blurred, um, that's phase five. That's the next set of movies and things. Phase four is opening the door. Phase five is stepping into the arena. And then, obviously, phase six is going to be the big fucking fight. Um, but maybe not, because that would be... One, two, three, like the last, the Infinity Saga was one, two, three. They might try and come up with a different rhythm. I don't know. It's very hard to tell right now. All we can tell is WandaVision's going to have some weird multiverse shit. Because what, from what we can tell in the trailers, it looks like she's like Wanda's whipping up some sort of pocket dimension. She's got her own little reality that she can like, influence, you know, her own little zone, uh, it appears, and, uh, so, that is, like, almost sub-multiverse, you get what I'm saying? Because, like, the multiverse is this, like, vast collection of realities interconnected to one another, and then it's, like, within one of those realities, someone strong enough create their own sub-reality within that reality so then it's technically a part of the multiverse but it's like in a more it's like instead of it being a branch on the tree it's like a flower that blossomed on the tree like all the other multiverses are also branches and i'm sure there's other wandas and other multiverses who have done similar things so you got to think of their little fucking pocket dimensions um that cause all kinds of chaos as like the flowers of the tree separate but integrated to the whole mass. That was a fucking wild-ass metaphor I just backed into. Jesus Christ. Anyway, what else do we got coming up? We got... Oh, well, let's stay on Marvel here for a second because I have more Marvel. So my notes are all over the fucking place right now. Okay. So, we know about WandaVision. We gotta say that. Pocket multiverse thing. And then we also know that... The Doctor Strange movie, the second Doctor Strange movie, is Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. 
So we know shit's getting wild in that. We also know that Wanda is supposed to appear in that, and some of the events of her show are to affect that movie. Okay, now that's all pretty interesting, but then here's the sidewinder. Here's where shit gets fucking crazy, bud. Alright. Woo! Spider-Man. Fucking Spider-Man, buddy. Okay. Apparently, in Spider-Man 3... We're not only going to get Doctor Strange, we're gonna get fucking, we're gonna get Jamie Foxx Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2? What the fuck is that? What does that mean? Everyone's theory crafting off the fucking wall right now. Everyone is like, the third Spider-Man movie is gonna be just like the last third Spider-Man movie. Chock full of villains and doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be. I don't think Marvel's gonna do that. I can't trust that Marvel's gonna do that. Because there's also been rumors of like, rumors of like, Kraven the Hunter. Um, there's rumors of live-action Spider-Verse. Like, that's what everyone is jumping to. It's like, oh, Spider-Man 3 is going to be live-action Spider-Verse because you have all these multiverse characters. Also, on the Sony side of things, they're coming out with Venom 2, so they could do some weird Easter egg shit in that. They're coming out with Morbius, which in the trailer had Michael Keaton as the vulture in that bitch, so that's fucking weird. Um, so... All of these different, like, Spider-Man dots are all sort of connecting together into this weird picture that looks very Spider-Verse. And I think that might be sort of where it's going, but I don't think this next third Spider-Man movie is going to be that. I think what we're going to get is a follow-up to the last fucking Spider-Man movie. Kid's on the run. Kid's gotta fucking get his secret identity back intact. He's got, he's he's scrambling, looking for answers. You know. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. The audio got so fucking weird there for a second, and I had to do some quick on the fly editing. Anyway, what was I saying about Spider Man? Oh, kid's on the run. He's fucking, because Mysterio, last movie, right? It's definitely going to pick up on, like, the last movie, because uh, that's the way Marvel works with its characters. It tries to have a cohesive storyline in each character's, like, trilogy or set of movies or whatever. Like, they get a story that then interconnects with all of the, the bigger universal story that is being told. Okay, so Spider-Man, at some point, apparently is going to come in contact with Doctor Strange, okay? Now, Doctor Strange, uh, so Spider-Man, and I had this wrong. I thought Spider-Man was coming out after Multiverse of Madness. It is not. It, they've been shuffling the schedule around. So now we're going to get WandaVision before the end of the year, God willing, and then we're going to get uh, Spider-Man 3 at some point in between uh, WandaVision and... And Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So, I think Doctor Strange is going to help Peter out with his problem. And Peter's going to get to peek into the multiverse. He's going to be able to just get a little bit of taste. Just a little tingle. Just a little taste. But you know who else is going to get a little tingle and a little taste? All of the enemies that he has in his universe are also going to somehow... Because they're looking for his ass, right? And then he finds Doctor Strange and they're like doing some surveillance. And Strange shows him the multiverse and they're like, what the fuck is that? And they dive in after him, and then fucking they end up. Basically, what's going to happen is Spider-Man 3 is going to be Spider-Man 3 
it's going to open the door to this multiverse. All right. Then you're going to have Doctor Strange go off and do his thing as far as the multiverse is concerned. But then Peter Parker, fucking, um, what's his name? Tom Holland is signed for this Spider-Man movie and one big more crossover event type movie. And I think what they're going to do is a big, like, multiverse Sinister Six. All right. It's going to be spider-man multiverse sinister six it's gonna be like all of the villains that we've gotten from this iteration of spider-man jumping into the universe getting all the best versions of other villains like the jamie fox electro they're gonna find him pull him out of the his timeline fucking bring make him a part of the sinister six they might even get willem dafoe if they can lock down dafoe shit's gonna get crazy and so then, in the big crossover movie, all of the Spider-Men have to come together because they like knowledge of the enemy, right? Like, uh, Andrew Garfield knows how Electro works, but Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire don't. So then, like, so you gotta understand that they're building to this. Also, where does Venom come into play? Because the Venom universe, like, Venom is, I think, tangentially connected to morbius i think those are meant to be going on in like the same sony marvel uh like universe that they collaborate on but then in the morbius trailer you have michael keaton there so that would suggest that there's a crossover between that weird adjunct to the main like spider-man of the mcu so look man there's a lot of dots to connect, but I really what I'm trying to convey and what I'm trying to get across is when you watch, if you're if you're a nerd like me, when you're watching all of these YouTube videos of people speculating about the future of Spider-Man and the MCU and blah 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 blah. Look, man, any theory that is like and in Spider-Man 3 there's going to be the Sinister 6 and it's going to be the multiverse and Doctor Strange is going to be there and then it's going to be so badass and then maybe there's going to be Gwen Stacy too maybe Emma Stone's coming back and then there's going to be there's going to be fucking Jamie Foxx and then there's going to be another guy and there's going to be 87 different villains cuz that worked out so well for the first Spider-Man 3 like do you not understand they've played this game before all right both Sony and Marvel have played this fucking game before. Like, Sony's played it and lost. Watched Marvel play it and win. Then they did a little scrimmage game to see if their new fucking offense would work. That's called Into the Spider-Verse. It was animated. That's why it's a scrimmage in their minds. Not in my mind. In corporate minds. Um... And then they're like, okay, Sony, we know how to do this. We can do Spider-Man right. They had to They had to not just reassure us of that. They had to reassure themselves. Um, so they figure out, like, all right, we can do this. And then they go and they talk to Marvel. And there was some negotiations. And everybody was worried that Tom Holland wasn't going to stay in the MCU. But then they figured it out. And they got him to stay in the MCU. And so, look, man. They've both played the game. One has played and won. One has played and lost collaboratively. They know what the fuck to do. They know not to rush this shit. Alright? They know to just plant seeds here and there. Plant seeds here and there. When one sprouts up, you water it a little bit. And then you keep it pushing. Eventually, it'll bloom. 
using more flower metaphors. I don't know why. Whew. I gotta slow down. I gotta slow down and smoke some weed. Hold on. Hold up. Wait a second. Hold on. There's a weird, like, grip where I can hold the microphone and smoke weed at the same time. Um, I don't know if that affects the audio or not, but hey, we're living it. Alright, cool. So, uh, I think that was most of the MC, MC news, MCU news. Um, yeah, let's go over, uh, shit. Well, real quick, let's just talk about, like, uh, movies in general movie theaters and movies in general this is gonna be a little bit of a dip this is this is sort of the bad entertainment news portion of the show um well like things that were coming up that i was uh excited for was uh james bond the uh what is it like uh never say never say die or something like that i don't what is the name of the new james bond movie hold on Hold on, I have a, a, a fucking, I don't know what the true value of an iPhone XX is, but I have that much money's worth of technology in my hand right now, so I can just Google James Bond. Uh, no Time to Die. Okay, it's James Bond, No Time to Die. I didn't even have to type it in right. My fingers fucked it all up. I didn't even type in James Bond, but Google knew that that's what I meant. See, that's how good technology is now. Anyway, um, so, oh shit. I think, hey, my mom's home. <laughs> um, Hold on, just a second. I mean, you guys have talked to her before, but this is unexpected. And we're back. It's the next day. It's uh, it's the 27th now. I got so derailed. Uh, my mom came home, needed to use the kitchen. I ended up going for a walk, and then I ended up linking up with some homies. And just a whole day happened, man. Whole day happened. Um, but we're back here on the podcast talking about entertainment news. I was just about to go into like uh, things I was excited for, but now aren't going to be happening because movie theaters are closed. Uh, number one thing, mostly, was uh, James Bond. No time to die. That was, uh, I was excited for that. That trailer came out. I was like, yes, movies are coming back. James Bond, I'm so hyped. And um, then they tried to, uh, they tried to release Tenet and New Mutants in theaters. And those bombed so fucking hard because no one feels safe going and sitting in a movie theater yet. So now everything's back on hold again. And that's super fucking depressing like i said this is the this is the dip this is the bad entertainment news and then um speaking of uh just bad entertainment news when it comes to movies in hollywood um fucking chadwick boseman man can't believe it that shit i know i'm late like this isn't live hitting coverage on the podcast it's more just my reactions to things when i feel like giving them to you guys um but fuck man like i was so hyped for black panther 2 and i'm still hyped for the movie but like it's gonna be fundamentally different now and like 
whew, how they handle this whole thing is going to be so fucking weird and questionable. Whew, uh, from a writing perspective, from a special effects and like production perspective, just it's all it's all going to be so weird and so different. But also like shit man that dude was cool as fuck and he's gone now like (laughs) like i gotta um still haven't watched the five bloods on netflix so i need to do that um rewatch black panther um yeah man it uh i don't know it felt weird to me uh to uh, to do that right after uh all that shit was going down um, to immediately just start watching his movies, because then it's like you're almost in denial, right? It's like, oh, he's still around, you know, but no, he's not, dog. He's gone, homie. Um, he's on the other side. Uh, <laughs> so it's just, uh, that shit's so, so unfortunate, so heartbreaking, you know? Because, damn. I'm pretty sure the MCU is setting him up to be, like, the next Tony Stark and or Steve Rogers. Like, he's supposed to be the next, uh, he was one of the next big Avengers, like, um, like the lead guys, one of the lead guys. So, now, I mean, they're probably gonna try and pivot to Shuri, and she could maybe lead the young Avengers. It's gonna require some tweaking, but, um... Last I heard about it, they're not even they're not even thinking about that over at Marvel. Um, so that'll probably end up being more of a Phase Five, Phase Six type of thing. Um, although I'm sure Wakanda will um, continue to be like a presence in the MCU, but like following up on the story of the royal family of Wakanda is gonna be, whew, it's gonna be tough. Um, one pitch that I had um, that I think would be pretty cool because I think they were trying to um, one of the and one of the mutants they wanted to introduce and um, like like they had never done Storm really the correct way in the X Men movies so I was thinking that one of the mutants they would probably focus on would be her and her relationship with T'Challa but you can't do that now cuz they got to find a way to move past T'Challa probably sooner than anyone would have liked um but what I'm thinking because so if we pivot to Shuri as Black Panther um and she's like queen of Wakanda, but like a, a, a young queen, you know, she's like, um, I mean, there's been a time jump. Oh, but she was dusted. But even by the time we pick up with Black Panther, there can be another time jump. So she could be more uh, early 20s instead of like late teens, which is what I think she was supposed to be uh, in the first Black Panther. Um so she could be, like, taking on the responsibilities of being a queen and stuff. But also, she's the non-traditionalist of the family. That's established. So what I think would be cool is if they still did the introduction and the Storm character and Storm being the love interest of Black Panther. But let's just gender bend it, man. Let's just have Shuri and Storm in a powerful fucking lesbian relationship. Um... And, like, it'll be, 
definitely a conflict for both of them and their traditional families that they come from. Um, but they're also like technically the rulers of their country. So like there's going to be a weird conflict. Um, but then that's also you, then you get, you get to have that storm black Panther, uh, relationship that was in the comics that I think a lot of people want to see on screen and something they were getting ready to do. I think just don't be afraid to uh, do it slightly different for a new generation who's ready for that, you know? Millennials and Gen Z are ready for that shit, and that's who you're writing for, dog. Like, at this point, we're the, we're the main groups of people driving uh, culture and, like, going to the box office and stuff. So... I think that would be a good move, um, but that's only after, that's like after you figure out how to get to Queen Shuri, Black Panther Shuri, like, because you got to figure out how to somehow, without Chadwick Boseman, <laughs> either using old footage or um, maybe some sort of like you could fib it with the suit and a stunt double and then maybe like some maybe yeah maybe that and then like a funeral scene with like you could use lift some old stuff that they had from the first black panther movie and like digitize around it so then like you know because he was dead in the first movie uh, for a second, so then they could, like, digitize around it, make it look like he's dead at, like, this big royal funeral or some shit, like, there's gotta be, um, there's some sort of connective tissue, and honestly, there's probably gonna need to be somebody in between Shuri and being Black Panther, uh, uh, Umbaku, or, um, uh, I heard a really good uh, pitch online the other day. What was it? Uh, the dude from Get Out, who's also in Black Panther, he was a homie with the rhinos. Um, he could also potentially be a like sort of substitute Black Panther, um, who's like still he wants to prove his loyalty, maybe back to the royal family after he kind of betrayed t'challa in the first movie so maybe he steps in as black panther while shuri is getting trained by like uh, a koye or something so that she can fill in that role uh black panther 3 or at in the third uh third act of the second movie she can come in and save the replacement black panther and i'll be like this is the true black panther um because, like, she'll come in and be able to handle the situation in a way that, that he couldn't. And maybe even in a way that uh, um, T'Challa couldn't, you know. Like, it could be written in such a fashion that, like, the replacement Black Panther is trying to do everything exactly the way T'Challa would. And he's doing that. But it's also not the right way to handle this specific problem. So then you get shuri trained up and then she hits the ground running but her way of solving problems is in this situation the correct way to solve the problem um proving like not only is she her own black panther but she is now the black panther see it 
can be done. Like, the writing, like, it's right there. It's like a thing they were building towards anyway, but now they have to up their timeline, which Marvel usually isn't comfortable with that. You know, they like to take their time with everything, but this is a case in which, like, they can take their time getting to Black Panther 2, but once they're there, you can't take your time at the beginning of that movie. You kind of immediately have to go into explaining why T'Challa isn't going to be in most of this movie (laughs) like he might be in here a little bit at the beginning we might have him in the second arc or act for some fucking uh flashbacks or something but like on a whole he can't really be and in the comics he becomes king of the dead like uh that like ancestral plane um is i think at one point in like turmoil and so then he has to die to go there to hand they could weave that in somehow um so you know it's just so unfortunate and the only reason that i'm like theory crafting now because it's still some people might say too soon uh only reason i'm doing it is because uh these opinions here don't really matter I don't think anyone at Marvel is listening to this podcast unless they're one of the French and or Canadian listeners. That's right. The podcast has a French and or Canadian listener. Um, that I see it in the metrics. There's uh, one person in Canada, and it says less than one person in France, but still on the boards percentage-wise. So we're international, bitches. Um I got super excited when I saw that. (laughs) Um, We're not out of the woods yet on the bad, bad news bears in Hollywood uh, because coronavirus is hitting them too. Robert Pattinson apparently got the shit, so Batman was put on a halt, um, which is super frustrating uh, to me because I was ready for vengeance. Um, Plus, there's all these other rumors circulating around the Batman production that it's like a nightmare and Robert Pattinson's a fucking diva and doesn't want to do anything the way the director wants to do it. Um, I think that's a fucking lie. Um, (laughs) Because, like, if you kind of go back and look at the type of person and actor he's been through his career up to this point, um, that doesn't really track. So, I think... The Batman production's fine. I think the movie is going to be good. I do think it will be delayed more and more, <laughs> along with everything else, right? Like, nothing's coming out anytime soon, except for, like, on Netflix and Disney+. Plus. So that's where we need to live. That's where we need to hang our hats, you know? Um, which, uh, they get that, too. There was, like, an investor's call or something, and Disney is like, we're pivoting to streaming. That's the future. Um, which, yeah, but uh, once all this uh, coronavirus shit is all shaken out, I think they will find people uh, flocking back to movie theaters. I think it'll be, like... Uh, uh, there, it'll probably be a uh, industry on the verge of complete and total like um, extinction, but there will be like a few mom and pop spots across the country, and slowly but surely, 
Their numbers, their profits will swell. As people begin to feel comfortable coming out for entertainment again, they'll start selling tickets like fucking hotcakes. And then, a new theater industry will be born across the country that isn't tied down by corporate shackles. I don't know. I I was going somewhere with that. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. It could be fun. I think it's, uh, um, you know, they're going to get creative about it. Uh, This isn't uh, the first time movie theaters have had to deal with a pandemic. Uh, They had problems in, like, the... uh, like, oh man, what was, uh, there was some, like, flu outbreak or something back, uh, back when movies were still real young, back when there was the talkies, the moving pictures, um, that was, uh, that was a whole thing that, that they, they got through it as a, like, a infantile industry, they made it through something that was, uh, I don't know, it was technically worse, um, but it was different times, right? So even if the numbers were a little bit less, it was probably much more frightening because uh, they had even less of an understanding of what was going on and how to deal with it, right? So, yeah. You know, sc- everything scales. Everything's about uh, perspective and relativity. and uh, uh, Time does not pass the same as it does at the top of a mountain as it does on a beach. Did you know that? Did you know if you set two clocks for the exact same time, all right, together, and you put one on a beach, and then you carry one up a mountain... They will start telling you different times. The fuck is that? Yeah, it's all relative. Nothing is real. It's a simulation. Get ready, kids. Um, <laughs> I actually just saw this thing. It was one of those things. I don't usually like the things on Facebook where it's like, it's like meant for like, I think if you have like an Oculus on or something, and it's like VR and it's like you can move your phone around and it'll like change what's on the screen as if it was like in the room with you or whatever kind of and it was uh it was like a matrix green map and grid of the planet and it's like wait so it's always all been virtual and then you realize what the meme is so you turn your phone phone around and it's the fucking astronaut with the gun pointed at you always has been and it was the best thing ever i loved it so much (laughs) um it really entertained my stoned ass for like far too long like i kept doing it i kept turning around and looking at it and laughing oh man you gotta you know, you gotta find joy in the simple things in life. I'm sorry. You know, my, oh, I was just thinking about this. I was just thinking about this. Like, a lot of new age spiritualism says a lot about like living in the moment and being present, but at the very same time, is very like um, can become not in everyone's hands because new age spiritualism is very subjective. Um, but. Uh, a lot of times it becomes very anti-science and anti-technology, um, which I find interesting because if you're a human being living in the moment in 2020, um, that shit is inescapable. If you were truly like going with the flow and living in the moment, you would kind of you would accept 
the amounts of technology around you at all times for what it is and sort of learn to work with it. Like it's, you know, human beings, we had a, we've developed a schism between ourselves and our environment, um, believing that we are somehow greater, grander than nature itself when really we're just a part of it. And realizing that is also realizing that our creations are then, too, a part of nature. And the problem is a lot of these creations have been created under the guise of being fundamentally different from nature. But if we were to reintegrate ourselves into nature, we could then take with us all of science and technology that we've created outside of nature. They're not mutually exclusive. This is the type of revolution thinking that we need um did i just call myself revolutionary in my thinking maybe a little bit look i wasn't trying to do that also here's the thing um ego uh that's a big part of like spiritualism you gotta shed that ego you gotta get rid of it well something that is part of ego is also like self-image and self-love so maybe you're really good at shedding ego, you'll then also maybe find yourself in a problem where you don't appreciate yourself enough for who you are and what you bring to the table. And that is something that I've been trying to remedy if you pick up what I'm laying down. So sometimes you'll catch me being a little egotistical and I'm trying to allow myself those times. And then, you know, when you're meditating and trying to be one with everything, that's when you can shed uh, your ego and sense of self. Um, it's an interesting balance. It's like, you know, what do you want out of life? You know, do you want to become a totally, like, detached uh, and enlightened, like, spiritual being living at the top of a mountain? Is that what you want? Because there is that path, and you could walk it, and it's been done, um, and it's interesting, and it sounds fun. Part of me would like to do that, but you know what? There's another part of me that really kind of enjoys being around other people, um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and society and literature and just all of these attachments that then preclude, like, full-on enlightenment, um, like just diving all the way in um it's interesting though because a lot of the people who like we hold up as the greatest spiritual leaders aren't the hermetic like um like the 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 guys who go off and live at the top of the mountain and become fully detached and spiritually enlightened and aware. No, 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 ba, 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 ba. no we talk about the Buddhas and the Jesuses and and those guys who um and and in the Socrates, the uh, the people who escape the cave, so to speak, those who do see the light, but then rather than just bask in it at the top of the mountain, turn back around and then uh, reintegrate with everyone and try and show them the way. I am not uh, uh, projecting myself as one of those people because I don't think I've fully made it out of the cave yet. I'm just aware that we're in a cave which seems to be a whole other level of awareness that wasn't addressed in the original allegory like there's there's being in the cave and not knowing you're in the cave and stumbling out of the cave but then apparently there's also probably this middle ground this weird like you you, you get off the cave wall and you're moving about the cave and like you don't know that there's anything other than a cave so you wouldn't call it a cave but you become familiar with the trappings of the cave you understand that this is a 
this is like a tunnel and it's like a network of tunnels leading in different places that were carved long before you had anything to do with this and you're trying to find your way out of this network of fucking this labyrinth like you, you understand that it's a fucking maze but what you don't fully understand is what is on the other side like if you can get out of the maze what the fuck is out there like i haven't gotten to that point yet i i'm not that confident in my understanding of the true nature of reality and being and all that is um but hey maybe that's part of it you know because socrates was also the guy who was like hey the the, uh, the only thing that i know is that i don't know a whole lot so you know maybe that's the thing um and then the guy who was like you know i do know a whole lot plato that guy yeah diogenes dogman hated that some of it she was like you make a horrible philosopher king you know why because you want to be the philosopher king which valid point anybody who wants that job is not qualified for that job anyone who's willing to undertake that job not qualified for the job see again you would want like this weird like hermetic like spiritually like awakened person who they're they're doing their own thing they're off doing their their own thing and even if you do get the like mythical being who like turns back around to lift everybody up with them then you know those people have often been decisive not everyone liked Jesus. I'm not sure if you read the story. Not everyone liked Buddha, to be honest with you. Yeah, the Hindus weren't happy that he was flipping the fucking script, brother. Like, so, you know, just... It's, uh, it, it, it's tricky stuff, and I don't remember how we got here. I don't remember how I dived into this conversation. I don't know how I fucking don't remember at all. But we're here now, and we're doing it um something in my notes that is on topic and uh is uh, we got a segue to i said philo tidbit philosophy tidbit for those of you keeping track at home um this is just an idea that i had one day just a thought it's not that deep of a thought really when you think about it it's like yeah that's kind of obvious that's like sort of a surface level observation but i just think it's interesting to note that much in the way that uh the fleeting happiness we have been uh sold uh to believe in uh is but a shadow of the true eudaimonia like uh, self-flourishing fulfillment happiness um so too uh, is the rom-com idea of love that we've been sold in this culture. It's far, far removed from the true nature of that thing that escapes definition. So we uh, made a simple four-letter word for it. Um, that is, uh, it's ethereal in nature. And similar to eudaimonia, I think it requires like sort of a constant and consistent effort on the person hoping to attain or like really what it is, what eudaimonia is, is not even, you don't even really ever attain anything. It's the constant pursuit of an idea that is unobtainable and it's within that pursuit that you attain the unattained. It's a weird 
fucking yin yang situation that Greek people understood <laughs> that is hard to explain in English uh, because it's so just so horribly, horribly binary. I'm not sure if you figure that out about English. It's very uh, black and white and just not good at describing the gray areas. It's really a, a, a weakness for uh, all of Western and what is now globalized culture. Um, yeah. Why is English number one? I don't know. But, yeah. <coughs> oh, Jesus. <coughs> it's not COVID. It <coughs> I'm just stupid. I <coughs> Joking on my own saliva. <sighs> mm, Jesus. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's circle back to the originally the way the notes are structured. Cause shit, we went through a bunch of stuff, like things I wasn't planning on talking about till later. Like um, we were supposed to go from entertainment news into like what I've been watching and reading and stuff, but we just went full bore into like philosophy and like uh self-development and oh man it was just a that was a wild ride kids um let's get back on track shall we um what was was that what voice was was that jack nicholson was that what was that i have no idea all right continuing on on onward and upward uh what have i been watching what have I been reading? Um, so uh, let's go reading first. Let's go reading first because that's a good segue from what I was just talking about. I'm reading The Wandering Taoist, which is a story of a child. Uh, well, not a child. Well, okay. So <clears throat> it is historical maybe fiction. It's... Whew, it's difficult because it's the story of a Taoist and they're steeped in mysticism. So how much of what they're saying is real? How much of it is like a spiritual metaphor? How much of it is pure fantasy? It's really, hmm. Um, but this dude who became a student of a Taoist um, started getting like the backstory on how his, uh, his teacher, his Sifu became uh, this like uh, this Taoist master um, and then he wrote the story of of his master essentially and all of his exploits from when he was a boy um, and to uh, when he's like a young man which is like his uh, like he ends up having to go to war like World War one or two or some shit and then like it, it, it's basically like the biography of this like, just this obscure Taoist monk, right, who had an interesting life. So it's um, it's very like um, I'm just getting to a point in the story, like like so this kid he he's growing up in China and he's a part of like a somewhat uh, noble like warrior clan family, um, and then like he ends up going to like this Taoist festival with his grandparents. And then, like, he ends up meeting, like, his other grandparents, who's, like, this Taoist, like, uh, priest or something. Um, and, like, it, it, it's basically decided that he should go and uh, train at the, like, the Taoist monastery um, and, and learn, 
the way, their ways, um, their ways of the way, the ways of the Tao, which is the way. Um, <laughs> sounds a lot like the Mandalorian, which is something we were supposed to talk about in entertainment news, and I'll circle back to it. Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I was reading, uh, reading this book about this kid who's like, so he had time with his grandparents, and they, they told him, like, Chinese fables and parables and stuff that gave him, like, a foundation in Taoism. You get a little bit of that, and, like, he's got a little bit of martial arts training, but then he goes to, like, the monastery and gets kicked up to, like, fucking 11, and he's got these two acolytes who are looking after him and giving him lessons about animals and seasons, and it's all, it's all super interesting because by reading about him getting the lesson, you are then also getting the lesson, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, so... Uh, but I just got to this point where, like, they introduced a, some sort of next level, like I was saying, like, these hermetic, like, spiritually um, awakened, fully detached beings. Um, and, like, uh, they called, uh, in the Taoist tradition, there was, like, there was, like, the master uh, priestess guy at, at, at this uh, monastery. Um, and he was apparently, like, all other acolytes and and Taoists and those guys would defer to his like um authority or whatever in, in the matters of the Tao um but then they introduce this idea of like these fully hermetic individuals who aren't a part of the rest of the monastery they're like adjacent to the monastery um but they um are much more detached and considered to be on an even higher level than the like high priestess teaching the kid right now. Um, or priest, not priestess priest, um, who is like, uh, teaching the kid right now. And, uh, so they go to this like hermetic individuals like place. And there's this fun little to and fro of like, uh, the kid is like, like they end up bowing, and the kid doesn't know why they're bowing. And then he looks up, and the the, the hermetic uh, guy they call them immortals actually, uh, because they're so well versed in everything uh, that has to do with the Tao that they are like they're almost godly in their essence, supposedly. Um, and so the high priestess is taking the kid to go go consult with one of these immortals and but upon meeting them the kid doesn't understand what's happening um so they're like bowing to him and the kid is like mouths off and gets smart at the immortal and it's all like hey don't you know that this is the grand priestess of the fucking temple you should be bowing right now all right he's bowing i'm bowing don't you know you should be bowing sir like i that's not how it was written and i'm sure that's not how he said it but that was the vibe and then the fucking the high priestess is like nah bro the i'm the student here um and so uh and that's right where i stopped and they give you this little picture of the immortal and his name his title is the bat immortal um Okay, I don't think you understand. There was a man in China at one point, probably around the late 1800s, who had the title The Bat Immortal. Alright? That shit was real. Okay? Now, 
the level of his mystic powers and whether they existed or not fucking as questionable as Jesus Christ himself, all right? I I have no idea. I don't know. I'm going to read the rest of the book and we'll see like how crazy this shit gets, but like on a fundamental level, there was a motherfucker named the Bat Immortal and people respected the shit out of this guy apparently. Like, dude, can you imagine the Bat Immortal? I got a picture, a, a rendering, artist's rendering. Um He's just got like a crazy Fu Manchu. It's kind of it's kind of what you would expect. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I've been reading. The Wandering Taoist. Also, my friend, um, I'm I think I'm gonna be able to work through that pretty quick. But I also have a because um, I have a friend who um, who has Dune, who's letting letting me borrow Dune. So I need to burst through. Uh, this Taoist tale, so I can do Dune, because also Dune is coming out, the movie Dune, uh, they're doing a Dune, because uh, <laughs> I, I, I hear the previous attempts at doing a Dune did not uh, uh, do well, uh, how many co- times can he use D in one sentence, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's, uh, what I've been reading, what I would like to read, some fucking Dune, hey, that can circle back to entertainment news, Mandalorian season two, it's coming out the end of October, I am hyped as shit, um, I don't know, I probably had much more to say about Mandalorian, but I just, I have to mention it. I have to say that, like, the Mandalorian's dope as fuck. Oh, um, my friends, Brett and Ty, they might be listening, um, uh, re-watching Star Wars, or watching Star Wars, um, watching and re-watching, um, and they're going in the order of, like, chronological, not release order, which is vexing, uh, to me, uh, because they went one, two, three, and then they tried to watch Han Solo, which is like, that's stupid. Um, not stupid on their part, just stupid that that's the way that it is now. Like, that, like, yes, to do it in chronological order, that is what you have to do. Like, no, it's stupid as fuck. Like, we should meet Han Solo in episode four first, and it, it should just be understood that you should wrap around for Han Solo, and the next one, Rogue one did not do that watched one two three um some of han solo because han solo is the worst one um and then uh rogue one and i got to watch rogue one with them fucking love rogue one there's so many like easter eggs and callbacks and fun things connected to episode four that i feel like you should fucking just punch it in release order but whatever 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 um <laughs> so i uh then we also watched a new hope so i'm i'm high on star wars right now um it was really satisfying i will say as a person rewatching it having seen a lot of star wars already um to do rogue one into a new hope that is a real very satisfying experience to to have already seen star wars and then to watch Rogue One and then immediately watch A New Hope because they just stitch together so satisfyingly. Um, also, there's, a, um, I think it's called like Scene 38, which is the scene where uh, Ben Kenobi and Vader fight on the first Death Star in A New Hope. Uh, and it's, um, 
there somebody on YouTube did a really great um like uh like modern re choreographing of that fight scene <clears throat> which is so satisfying because it puts the lightsaber combat more in line with the whole rest of everything <laughs> like so it, it is really satisfying so we watched that right after we finished a new hope um i wish i could like link that to you guys somehow um the i will get better at technology um don't you worry it's coming <laughs> slowly but surely one day this will be a technologically sufficient operation but right now i'm working in a kitchen uh i literally uh for money i work in a kitchen and literally right now this podcast being recorded at home in my kitchen so yeah that's where we're at anyway watching because we just did reading what have i been watching y'all sister sister is on netflix I'm not sure if y'all knew this, but motherfucking sister, sister is on motherfucking Netflix. I'm so excited. I love that shit. Mm. I've been watching Sister, Sister, and Boy Meets World in the mornings. Just living in the 90s. Just better times. Just happier times. Better times. But, yeah, it's really satisfying. Um similar uh like after school before school vibes but black culture so that's fun um but also not necessarily there's uh there's that fun interplay between like uh oh let's see if i can get the names right uh tamara's dad and tia's mom yeah, because they're mismatched, because you would think uh, uh, the dad would have gotten Tia and uh, the mom would have gotten Tamara, but it's flip-flop, because like, one is like smart and neat and light, and, and then the dad is like rich and successful, um, and people tend to think those things go together, and then one is like sort of rambunctious, and oh, she's super into boys, and and then the mom is uh, less successful and wants to be a fashion designer, and so like people tend to lump those types of things together. It's just, but the fun part of the show is that the wrong parent adopted the wrong child, quote quote unquote. So then. And then they find each other, and they have to become a whole cohesive family unit. So it's all—it's it, like a odd couple times two. That was the pitch for Sister Sister. I'm almost positive. <laughs> I'm almost positive that was the boardroom pitch for Sister Sister. Um, moved on from uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender to Legend of Korra. Uh, I've hit season two, uh, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Legend of Korra, season one, pretty fucking solid. Um, pretty fucking solid. Uh, good bending, good good story telling, good stuff going on there. Um, not excited for season two. <laughs> um, 
because I'm pretty sure, isn't this when we get the whole Avatar Juan and Ravana and Yavana and, 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 and spirit bending and, and fucking, and, uh, fucking harmonic convergence, or is that, that's the next season, the next season is harmonic convergence, but, like, I don't know, man, like, I feel like it really, when Legend of Korra fucks with the lore, I don't like it. When it fucks with the pre-established understanding of the universe, it is very frustrating to me. Except for the, when they build on things in cool ways. Like, metal benders can't bend platinum because it's too pure of a metal alloy. That, okay, cool, fun. But then, like, fucking just changing all the bending rules. Anyway. Uh, so... That stuff I've been watching. Oh, also The Boys. The Boys on Amazon. If you're not watching The Boys, you need to watch The Boys. Especially if you're one of the people who's listening to this podcast and you enjoy all of the Marvel and DC and Star Wars. <coughs> all of the nerd shit that I cover. Um, if you enjoy all of that, you should watch The Boys. Um, because it's, a, it's such a great, like... It, so, Deadpool is a fun satirical take on, like, superheroes, right? But it's so self-aware that it almost then becomes something else. Whereas this is just, a like, a classic sort of satire or explanation lampooning of the idea of super it's not really even meant to be funny it's just like man what if if superpowers really existed shit would be dark bro humans are trash garbage not good so if you give them laser eyes you're gonna have a lot of problems like and so it's very interesting it's fascinating. It's very serious. It's very dark, while at the same time taking on the tropes of the superhero genre. It's it's a fascinating piece of media. And I... Are we back? Is the audio okay? Fuck, the audio did something so weird just now. Like, it, it just, like, cut out. It was so weird. But that's besides the point. The Boys is great. Go watch The Boys. On to the next thing. Uh, I mean, I could wrap it up because we're at about an hour. But I think for the sake of the pod, um, for the cast, whatever, however you want to say that, um, we're going to get through my last few items in the notes. And so then I can start planning a new episode. No, the audio. The audio again cut out moving moving things i have to record as though i were a statue as though i were made of stone i must record in perfect pristine posture <sighs> okay you guys comedy updates the reason this thing was fucking invented. Um, 
Hi everybody, I'm LJ Sullivan, I do stand-up comedy, and this podcast is merely an extension of that. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, been doing a bunch of great shows over at the Lounge at the End of the Universe, uh, with uh, collaborating with some good friends from the Northwest Black Comedy Festival, um, and uh, they've been in town a few times at this point, and it was really good, we just had a show, um, and then we had a show just before that, uh, and it's all been very, it's all been fucking fun, um, but, I mean, what's really good is we're getting a lot of black comedy voices out here into, into Boise, which I fucking love, um, makes me feel not so alone, um, so, let's see here, what else is new in, oh, well, so, here's the whole thing, uh, we've been having, because Boise is, um, irresponsible, or Idaho is irresponsible with regards to the pandemic, puts us in this weird, awkward situation where we're one of the only places in the country where people can get stage time, uh, so we're getting this odd regional comedy advantage thing going on, I'm trying to scratch myself without causing audio issues, and that's just the worst fucking place to be in your life, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, so, um, Boise's getting a little bit of a comedy pop right now, it feels, just because people want a place where they can do comedy um because also a lot of some of the bigger name places are also getting back into doing comedy but the people who are getting priority are the people who can sell tickets and keep those bigger name places open um and so then like the lower level comics who inhabited those larger markets are then fleeing to smaller markets such as boise um so that's interesting, but also rural areas such as Idaho are in the middle of like a third wave right now um, of coronavirus pandemic. So it's there's good and bad, um, <laughs> like um, uh, comedy as a whole right now is like I'm doing comedy uh, because uh, like where I'm at in the world, like like. Yeah, if I could just board up the doors because of the pandemic, that's awesome. That's what I would do. But I'm forced um, through circumstance to have to already be out and at risk. So, therefore, I'm going to... If I'm going to be taking risk on a thing I don't like, I'm going to take risk on a thing I do like. I'm fully understanding that that increases risk. I know that once I, I, I like come home from work that my risk doesn't go back to zero then, but like it's already so much higher than I'm comfortable with. So like, like if I'm going to die from fucking COVID uh, and I, I got it because I got it at work, then like the last night I am able to do comedy, I am going to do comedy because that is what has given my life purpose, which sounds just so stupid, right? Telling jokes in front of people, that's, uh, that's, that's your purpose. All right, cool. Um, that is almost entirely meaningless. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure some people see it that way and feel that way. I know comics who see and feel about it that way. I personally do not. Um, but, um, 
you get made fun of for taking comedy too seriously. So I won't get into my deeper, more philosophical opinions on the true nature of comedy and why it is important that we have it, um, because that would just coming off as defending my actions and my activity that I like. But um, yeah, that's that's comedy updates. Um, also, we went from uh, I was complaining about two mics. We went from like two to three to four that's cool um and now we're trying to get sh- a show uh like a monthly showcase going so that's fucking cool um boise is a comedy city i'm gonna just start perpetuating that notion now i'm gonna just start that's the new that's the wave of the future if you want to see some good stand-up comedy you know where you want to go you want to go to boise idaho buddy uh, pretty much every, every week they got somebody interesting on a stage doing some funny shit. It might be crazy experimental. It might be some shit you're familiar with slightly tweaked and different. Like it's, um, it's a good spot for comedy. Um, and like, I'm still thinking about post pandemic, you know, moving, um, going to a quote, bigger, um, market, um, especially like been seriously highly considering Canada lately, just cause America politically, you know, um, like there's good comedy cities in Canada, um, Australia too. Um, and like, I don't know. I was, like, it's a little bit dramatic, but, like, when looking to seek asylum, um, if you're, like, being per- per- persecuted um, or oppressed by virtue of, like, race, religion, social group, or political ideology, you have grounds to seek asylum. Um, and depending on how this election goes... I might have grounds to seek asylum. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it. I don't... How I get there doesn't really matter, but I don't know. It might be cool to end up doing comedy in another English-speaking country outside of America. That could be a fun experience in my comedy career. Um, that could fundamentally alter the way that I am and do things on stage. I'll still be funny, but my things might become a little bit different. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but also can't leave america until coronavirus is 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 over and done with which could be again depending on how the election goes fucking forever um (laughs) we might america might just burn into ashes and this might just be one of the last remaining records on the worldwide webs of an empire that once was just one of its peasants speaking out into the void hoping hoping that someone will hear them someone will follow them someone will help provide them with purpose anyway (laughs) i always start in one place and then drag you guys down into a way deeper like weirder place than was originally intended on my part um so sorry but also not sorry um (laughs) it's my podcast i'll do what i want um (laughs) uh Let's see, what else do we have going on here? Leaning forward, hoping that that doesn't cause audio issues. Um, oh, the election. I just mentioned it in passing. I don't know, man. Fucking 2020 goddamn election. 
is that not everyone's feeling on the election? Is did I not just sum it up perfectly with my mumbling and grumbling? <laughs> like, was, do I do I need to say anything else? I mean, it's coming up shortly, November third. That first debate debate was total madness. Then the president got coronavirus. Uh, there was a VP debate, and then they did a town hall because the president had coronavirus. And then uh, then there was a third debate that everybody was like oh that was so much better than the first debate they added a mute button thank god um and now we wait um record high turnouts for early voting apparently like 40 percent hello testing testing one two testing testing one two and we're back i'm sorry about the audio issues this episode you guys oh my god i think i just blew out a mic I think one of my mics just went uh, kaput, uh, so I'm going to have to get a new mic on Amazon. That's whatever. Maybe look to find a way not on Amazon to get it, because Amazon's evil as shit. And, like, I think I really need to bring down the volume on the podcast uh, when I'm speaking, if I'm blowing out mics. I don't know. That might not have been me. It might have been... My sweaty ass hands holding the mic. It might have been. It could have been so many things um, that just I think blew this mic. Um, when I get a new mic, I'm gonna get a mic stand holder thing, um, so I don't have to keep holding the mic and keep having this fucking problem. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, the election. It's gonna be a nightmare, no matter what the results are. Because apparently uh, he doesn't want to accept the results of the election. So fucking, you know, it, seriously, if, like, I mean, if a civil war did break out, would I flee to Canada? Probably not. Um, I would probably be, like, feel obligated uh because this is uh, the place that I live and all the people I care about are here. Um, if Joe Biden won and there was a peaceful transfer of powers, um, will things be much better? Again, that's why I'm looking at like going to Canada. Like, uh, Will we get police reform under Joe Biden? Will we get Medicaid for all? No. Will we get student loan forgiveness? Maybe like... The Supreme Court's going to be conservative as fuck going forward. Are they going to try to stack the court? Is that going to be priority number one, day one of the Biden administration? If they spend their whole first term doing that, are they going to get anything else done? And if they do that, will moderates swing the other direction again? It's so... I hate it. I hate everything about politics. I hate it so much. Uh, especially in America. Okay. I just said I was going to try and not yell into this mic. I only have two mics. Uh, and one was meant for guests. And I think I just blew my mic. The one, <laughs> I'm using the guest mic right now. So, um, But this does tell me that it's not a wiring issue. It's not the wire. It's not the cord to the mic it's that mic specifically that was giving us audio issues um all right we talked about the that's as much as i want to talk about the fucking election dude um i'm gonna go on election day and vote um because i feel like 
I feel like it's just like, yeah, no, you can't take this from me. You're not gonna, you're not gonna make me vote through the mail. You're not gonna make me vote early. You're not gonna intimidate me into not voting on election day. Like, I'm gonna go down there in person, vote. Like, fuck you, stand back and stand by. I will come with a machete and a pistol if I have to. Um, cause I play that way. Like, <laughs> like, honestly, if that's what it comes to, if that's what I have to do to cast my ballot, then that's what the fuck I'll do. Because I do believe in the fundamentals of, like, democracy. I just think this country is reneged on all of the promises and ideals that it was supposedly founded on. Um, I don't even think the people who founded the country who were espousing those ideals like fully believed in or understood those ideals themselves um so like of course they couldn't be fully lived up to hundreds of years later but i do think at the core of it all that it's um righteous i don't know um this sort of like same disillusionment that I have with the Bible where I'm like, oh yeah, there's maybe some good stories in there, but I probably don't put too much weight into that. Also with like the founding fathers and the establishing documents of the country, it's a similar agnostic skepticism, which I think they would appreciate the founders, but whatever. Um, we're going to wrap up the podcast so we don't run into any more audio issues um that fucking guy uh lj sullivan that fucking podcast uh uh twitter instagram facebook lj sullivan comedy crazy um yeah share the podcast to your friends um let's see uh also i used to have a fucking email for this thing hey here we go um it's just a second you guys I'll figure it out. Hey oh and fan mail that effing podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to say to me? Um that F I N G no asterisks, no space. Um and uh yeah, that's the fan mail. Um you can also find me at um that fucking guy uh LJ or that fucking guy LJ Sullivan. Um, either underscore asterisk for the U, depending on what platform you're on. You'll find it. You'll find it. Um, trying to get better at plugging things uh, here on the podcast and live at shows. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, like, subscribe, share. I love you guys. Thanks for dealing with the audio issues as I learn my way around technology. Uh, peace, love, I'm out.